August the 25th, the year of our Lord, 2022. It is Thursday. This is also our oldest daughter's and son-in-law's anniversary. Yeah. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. So happy anniversary. Uh, yeah. Praise the Lord. And this is Dave Black. Dave Black. And Josh. Yeah. Good morning.
been a while since we've done that song, right? I was thinking about the other day, I'm like, that goes yeah. right along with the scripture that oh, cool. you've been reading. Yeah. Uh, oh, a little, little tired this morning, I'm sure you can tell. Seems like I can't get woke up. Uh, Lisa went with me last night. We went to Vanderbilt to see Brother Bill. Did get to talk to him. So prayer points for Brother Bill is we need to, we need to specifically pray that he will begin to breathe deep. Take deep breaths. Take deep breaths. And uh, so... Thank you for all your prayers for Brother Bill. And, uh, maybe I'll get an update sometime this morning. Maybe I'll even get an update while we're live here. If I do, I'll read it to you. Okay, well, we are in Revelation chapter 5. Re Revelation chapter 5 now. And uh, we read chapter 5 already, but we want to uh, now begin our study with Revelation 5. And so I'm going to read verses 1 through 7 again. 1 through 7 again, and then we'll begin to talk about them. Now, chapter 5 will not go as slow as chapter 4 did because there was just there's so many strange and wondrous and mysterious things uh, that he seen that he had seen when he was looking at the throne that we wanted to talk about and try to get a little bit of an understanding of what these things are. And so with that foundation, chapter 5 uh, should go much quicker. And so starting with verse 1, it says, I saw on the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the back side, within and on the back side, sealed with seven seals. So when you read this in this in, uh, of course, the King James Version, it says, I saw a book. And when we think book, we see, we think like, you know, a book, a, a you know, that's bound. But that's not what we're talking about. And I know most of you know this, but somebody may be watching this that doesn't know that it would actually be a scroll. So it'd be a rolled up scroll. Uh, usually a scroll. I mean, people still use scrolls, especially with the Torah. And usually a scroll is two sides, and you roll it this way, and you roll it this way. And he, he saw a scroll that was rolled up, and it had writing on the inside and on the outside. And that writing would definitely be then a uh, the writings of the things are going to come forth that's being called forth by the scroll. And it's sealed with seven seals. Let's go ahead and read it before we start talking about it too much. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book? Loose the seals thereof. No man in heaven nor in earth nor under the earth was able to open the book, neither to look there on. They couldn't even look at it. Couldn't. No one was worthy to read it. Uh and then he says, and I wept much. So he begins to sob, to cry. I, I take it when he says, I wept much, he means he, you know, there's crying a little with tears, but he begins to weep because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. So he knew there was something to that. Then one of the elders said unto me, weep not. 
Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah. So that's a prophecy. The lion of the tribe of Judah, from the word Judah, comes the word Jew. A lion from the tribe of Judah. So he sees the lion. Then he says the root of David. So this would be the root and offspring of David and Jesse, right? Hath prevailed. What does that mean? He prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, the midst of the four beasts, in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat on the throne. It's, it was as if, so let's... Uh, Let's start with the last verse there, seven. It's as if in the vision that the one on the throne has a scroll in his hand and he's holding it out. It's as if he's holding it out saying, is anybody worthy to open this? Can anybody take this? And the strong angel is proclaiming that who is worthy to take the book and to loose its seals and a search is made and nobody's worthy there's nobody there's nobody in heaven they're looking around in heaven nobody's worthy there's nobody in earth right nor under the earth wherever that is no one anywhere is able or worthy to take the book and to open it so one of the things we want to talk about is what is this book well, evidently, it must be the scroll that's sealed with seven seals. Probably the best way to understand this is it's the title deed to the earth, or it is the, the just judgments that are going to be called forth for the transition of these kingdoms of the world to the kingdoms of the Lord of our Lord and His Christ right? It's this transition piece of this document that is sealed with seven seals. Now, we know the rest of the book. Once he starts opening the seals, once the seals begin to open, it ends with the Lord returning, chapter 19, uh, the resurrection of the dead, chapter 20, and a uh, the dead reigning, ruling and reigning with Christ, Four thousand years, and we've we've talked about this a few times, but here in chapter five, the elders are saying, "We shall reign on the earth." They're in heaven; they're before the throne, and these guys are proclaiming, "You've redeemed us. You're worthy because you've redeemed us. You purchased us with your blood, out of every tribe, every tongue, every nation, and we shall reign on." The earth. So the vision's in heaven, but the elders are saying we're going to reign on the earth. But who has the authority? Who is worthy to rescue the earth? The earth was lost back in Genesis by the fall of Adam and Eve as they listened to the serpent. Not only then, we talked about the serpent. Oh, and there was a question yesterday. Uh, Brother Charles answered it, but let me uh, answer it live here. Why 
is there evil? Well, I can only tell you how I think. Okay? To me, the, the only way love can truly be love, and God is a God of love. I see God as a God of love. So for me, this is the way my brain understands it, and people, different people may have different views on this. But here's how I see it. Love has to be able to give someone a choice. If that choice is there, it's not love. It's forced. I know I've heard Dr. Brown say, you know, if, if someone could do a, a, a surgery on your brain and say, look, you won't have any troubles anymore, but you also won't ever be able to make any choices anymore. You'll just be, we'll do operation on your brain. You'll just be programmed. And this is what how you have to be. Nobody would take the operation because uh, though we have troubles in life, we, we love this ability to choose. Well, love can't be forced. And when God creates angels and God creates mankind, it seems for it to really be love, for him to really offer love, there has to be a choice. That is to say, the possibility for disobedience has to be there for there even to be something we call obedience. It's not obedience unless there's a, an ability for there to be disobedience. So, unless I actually can reject God, then how can I really choose God? How can I choose to love Him unless there is that opportunity? Now, therefore, it seems that angels had... Uh, an opportunity as well to remain with God or to make their choice. Now, what's different, what's different than angels in humanity is because when humanity fell, God's grace and God's mercy pushed them out of the Garden of Eden so they could not eat of the tree of life and live forever and be forever sealed in that state of disobedience. And so they were pushed out of the Garden of Eden and a cherub was placed in the way so they, th they couldn't get and eat of the tree of life. You said, why would God do that? Well, I believe it was mercy so that death could take hold of man because God hath given mankind this, by his mercy and his grace, something we call redemption, something we call salvation, being bought back. And therefore, the seed within Adam and Eve, within this seed, to be uh, proliferated out throughout the time zone with throughout time where children would be born and be able to make a choice. You know, but, so your father, your mother and father can choose. We don't want God and you can choose God. And God saves whosoever will, right? Uh, God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever will, whosoever believeth in him, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And so evil has entered, as far as I can tell, and somebody else talk to me, if you see something different, I don't ever see an opportunity for angels to be born again or angels to be saved. They're either fallen or they're righteous angels. I don't, I don't see anything in the midst thereof, right? But we know the testimony of Satan. We talked a lot about Satan this week that he walks to and fro in the earth as a lion. Even Peter tells us this as well, that he's seeking whom he may devour. And so mankind fell 
because of sin. They believed the report of Satan. Eve fell first and she ate of the tree, gave to her husband, and he did eat. And I think he ate knowing what was happening. I think he chose to die with his wife rather than to live without her, which is a beautiful story of now the Son of God chooses to die with his wife, die for his wife, die with his wife, redeem the bride, a people, that is a people of God, to redeem a people of God that's Jewish and then now reaches out to every tongue, tribe, and nation. He dies. If you notice, Adam was put to sleep and out of his side came Eve, right? Jesus goes on the cross. Out of his side comes blood and water with which he purchases, redeems, buys the church, the body of Christ, his bride. That to be said, I'm saying that to say that where the earth was given to humanity, it was created, God said, Adam, it's yours, it's yours, subdue it, it belongs to you, I give it to you, Adam falls, and now all kinds of evil breaks loose upon the earth, the wickedness of mankind, the wickedness of fallen angels, and that's why the New Testament tells us that we're in a battle, we're in a war, we're in a battle. Well, that battle is going to continue until there's a time set. No man knows the day. No man knows the hour. It's called different things in the scripture. The time of refreshing from the Lord. When I, when I look at this book that's being held out by the one on the throne, it's like, all right, here's the, here's the title deed. Who can, who can do this? What man is there? Well, there's no man. All men have sinned, okay? But not the lion of the tribe of Judah. One man prevailed. One man prevailed. And notice the weeping of John. Now think about it. John and the church at this time that, received, that he's receiving this revelation, they're under persecution. There is a wicked Domitian Roman ruler that's saying, you're going to bow down and you're going to call me Lord. And the church is saying, we're not going to call you Lord either. And we're not going to bow down to these idols. And they're being killed. They're being persecuted. They're having a hard time making it. And Jesus has wrote letters to them and saying, God's be faithful unto death. And so then he sees this vision. He's caught up in the spirit and he looks at heaven and, and, and he sees this vision of heaven. Then we get to chapter five and we see that there's this book. What is in this book? Well, evidently it has something. Remember, we ended chapter four with saying, why is the one on the throne worthy? Because he created everything for him. And now what's going to bring everything back into the right relationship? So in this book, I see there's a lot of scriptures that just kind of start coming to my mind when I see the throne and this scroll. It's like, who can, who can open this book? Who can begin this thing? What's in this book? Well, you remember when Jesus is going, he's, he spends 40 days with the apostles before he leaves. And they're saying, Lord, are you going at this time? Are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he says, it's not for you to know the times of the season that God has put in his own power. That's in this book. Restoring the kingdom to Israel is in the book. 
Lord, are you at this time going to subdue all the nations? Bring them into subjection to the God of glory? That's in this book, right? The times of refreshing. Okay, let's, let's, let, let me read one section of Scripture at least. We think about, we've talked about this one a lot, guys. Um, uh, what about uh, what about when the apostles said, we left everything, we followed you, what are we going to get? Remember, we went there a few times. It's like uh, Matthew chapter 19, or somewhere around verse 28, you know, and Jesus says, look, you guys that's followed me in the regeneration, in the regeneration, when the Son of Man comes and seats on his throne, you're also going to sit on 12 thrones. Well, in this book, to me, in, in this book, this, this scroll unleashes the righteous, predetermined judgments of God that's going to change this world from a world of disobedience to one of obedience. And God is going to judge the world. First, by giving the world what they want or what they think they want, whom we call the Antichrist. But nevertheless, in Acts chapter 3, Peter is preaching. He said, you killed, I'm, I'm starting with verse 15, you killed the prince of life who God raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. <laughs> we saw him with our eyes. We ate with him. He's alive. The guy you hung on the cross, he's alive. And his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yeah, the faith, yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And now, brethren, I want that through ignorance you did it. You, you did it because you were ignorant. You wasn't seeing, okay? As also did your rulers. Now listen to this. But those things which God before had showed by the mouth of all his prophets that Christ should suffer, he hath so fulfilled. Verse 19. Repent you therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heavens must receive until the times of restitution of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. So I call in this book of the one on the throne, the times of restitution, the fulfillment of all the prophecies, the, the prophecies of the reigning king, the son of David, is in this scroll. Who's worthy to open it? There's only one in the universe. There's only one. Not None of the elders can. Because they were redeemed. Who's the one that redeemed them? Who bought them back? Who is able? Who is worthy? Only one. His name is Jesus. Yeshua. That's his name. He's prevailed. John, don't cry. Who can open it? Nobody can open it. Nobody can bring it in. Nobody can stop the madness. Nobody can stop the new world order. Nobody can stop these evil people all over the world. Yes, there is one. Jesus, the lion of the tribe of Judah, has prevailed. He's prevailed. He's overcome the world. He's overcome death, hell, and the grave. He never sinned. He's a human that never sinned. He never failed. He never faltered. 
He's worthy because he's sinless. He's worthy because he loves humanity. He's worthy because he loves the creation. He's worthy because he died for the creation. He's worthy because he shed his blood and said, I will die with creation to be able to open the book. He's worthy because of his great love to have compassion even on the people that crucified him to say, if you, you soldiers, you Pharisees, you Sanhedrin, you Joseph of Arimathea, you, all of you, I don't care how much you've rebelled against me. I know you've got sin. I know you've been blinded by sin. But if you will hear me and if you will turn, I will save you. It don't matter what you've done. I come to die for your sins. I've purchased you. You can't do it. I did it. And I'll save you. Past don't matter. What matters is will you come to the Lord? Will you come to the Savior? Will you come to the line of the tribe of Judah? Will you come to him? The lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. He is worthy to open the seals. And this is, this is how I view it. I mean, this is where I'm at. I'm a, I'm a futurist when it comes to the book of Revelation. But it's like there's a time period where he's, he's waiting, okay? He's waiting. Church is preaching the gospel everywhere. A new generation is born. New generation is born. Are they going to believe? Who's going to get saved? Who's going to be saved out of them? My grandkids going to be saved. Hallelujah. My great grandkids. Hallelujah. He's he's long suffering. He's long suffering. God is so long suffering to me personally, to you personally, and he's long suffering with the world not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. But a time is coming when he's going to take the book and open the seals. Well, love you guys. Thank you for your comments. If you're watching on YouTube, remember to subscribe. Give us a thumbs up on YouTube. It'll help the algorithms to get it to more people. Uh, and uh, we appreciate you being here. I'll be spending the day, uh, somewhere throughout the day, I'll go back and read your comments. So I'd love to read what you have to say, what you think about the sealed book. Uh, I, I love it. Let's say the Lord's Prayer together and we'll jump off here. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen and amen. We just prayed. You know what we're praying? <laughs> we say, Father, your kingdom come, your will be done. You know what we're praying? Open the book. Open the book. Unleash the seals. Let the judgments come. Bring this world. Subdue this world. Bring it back under your authority, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Love you guys. See you tomorrow.